0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephyr only on 101.9 High fm Marlene Bethlehem is one of our community's most distinguished and revered communal leaders. She has just written her memoir, To Serve With Love, from serving at Wimbledon to serving the community. In the foreword, Anne Harris describes Marlene as follows, with her innate leadership qualities, Combined with a generous and courteous personality, she rose and rose to the top. Her knowledge of Jewish community and her ability to steer the ship through the choppy and uncharted waters of the New South Africa have assured her a very special place in the annals of South African Jewish life. I'm absolutely delighted to have Marlene as my guest now. Marlene, welcome and thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me Um, and I was very, very thrilled when Anne Harris agreed to do the forward for my book but in saying that I think she was very generous. Uh, Indeed,
0: uh, Marlene, I chose that um, introduction (laughs) because it resonated so well and it encapsulates your history and of course leaves out a little bit of a First part, but certainly well done. And also, just to add that, with all your accomplishments, I can now add author to uh, to them. And Marlene, I loved the book. When you start in 1994 with the first election, from that moment I couldn't put it down. You've led quite a remarkable life.
1: Well, thank you very much. Um, the reason why I started with the important day of our elections after so many years was at the um, recommendation of my daughter, Professor Louise Bethlehem, who who's, uh, lives in Israel and couldn't really have anything to do with my book, but she made two recommendations. That was one of them, and the other one was she didn't like the title I chose, and she said to me, you must use the word SERVE. Because serve comes into tennis and serve comes into what you're doing. So that was wonderful.
0: Marlene, you didn't have a very, very happy childhood, but tennis
1: actually saved you. Cherise, there's no question about that. My parents were divorced when I was 10. And within a very short space of time, my brother and I were separated. I was sent to boarding school in Boxburg. He was sent to boarding school in Johannesburg, and he wasn't even seven yet. So it was a very difficult time. And I got to Boxburg Convent not knowing anybody, not knowing even why I was in Boxburg. And the week I arrived was the Junior Tennis Championships. And I was in standard four, I think it's grade six these days, and I won the tournament. And that kind of set me on a path of being recognized through the tennis.
0: I mean, recognized through tennis is one thing, but landing up at Wimbledon is something else. (laughs) And winning.
1: Winning a, a minor title. It wasn't the main title. It was the consolation event. But, Charisse, I grew up only ever wanting to visit Wimbledon. A friend of mine had sent me a postcard of that wonderful scene. And all I ever wanted to do was to go there and visit. And then when I was in matric, I was chosen to go to the Maccabi Games. And that set me on the path because the following year I enrolled for university, but I didn't stay there because all I wanted to do was play tennis. And um, 18 months after leaving Boxburg Convent, suddenly I was in Wimbledon and playing. And I won my first match there and because four years later, I won the consolation event, I also won my last match there, which is very unusual, as you can imagine.
0: Marlene, then you talk a little bit about your how you got involved in Jewish communal organizations and then as a trailblazer, being the first woman to hold some of the positions
1: that you did. Do you want to talk about that? Well, Sharice, after 94 years, I was the first woman to be the chairperson of the Jewish Board of Deputies. But let me please explain that I was not the first woman who was capable of achieving that, but I was the first woman who had men around me, like the late Gerald Leisner, the late Mervyn Smith, Michael Katz. And these people realized that women don't only belong in the kitchen. And really, uh, Gerald Leisner was my communal hero. And when I stood for the position of chairperson of of the board, uh, he ran my campaign. And everything that I have achieved since then is due to Gerald Lassner and, of course, the support of Mervyn Smith, who was the president before me, and also of uh, Michael Katz.
0: You took over the board at a very tricky time in South Africa's transition and a lot of hard decisions had to be made and you were the person to make
1: them. Do you want to talk a little bit about the process involved in that? Um, Yes, Charisse. It was very shortly uh, before the elections of the new South Africa, as I pointed out earlier in the book. But there was another person who was extremely important in this whole situation. And that was when we were fortunate enough to have decided to bring Rabbi Harris and Anne Harris to South Africa. Rabbi Harris made a huge difference in this country. He basically led us, kicking and screaming, into the new South Africa. And it was my privilege to be in office at that time.
0: It was a difficult time, and the Jewish board appeared in front of the
1: TRC. Um, Would you like to tell us about that? Sharice? we had very many long discussions at the Board of Deputies, about the faith hearings, because this was all the faiths were going to be present at the board of deputies, at the uh, uh, hearings in East London. And um, I went down, the group who were going was Rabbi Harris, of course, uh, who made the submission on behalf of our community, and two rabbis, uh, and myself. And Rabbi and I, uh, Rabbi um, and I went down on the Monday. We were only going to be there heard on Tuesday, but we went down just to hear some of the other faith organizations. And that was a very good decision because we heard some incredible things from the other communities. And I've documented just a, a little bit of them. But when it came to Rabbi Harris's uh, presentation, I must tell you that Bishop Tutu, the late Bishop Tutu, who was cheering all of these uh, hearings, was incredible to us. First of all, he and Rabbi Harris had a very long friendship going. But secondly, when he welcomed us that morning, it was extremely different to how he had welcomed anybody else. It was like two friends meeting. And then it started. And um, at one stage, about maybe five minutes after Rabbi Harris had started, Bishop Tutu stopped him And I got such a fright. I thought, oh, maybe he's said something wrong. And my heart sank. And he said to Rabbi Harris, Rabbi, dear friend, please, will you slow down? The people doing the translations cannot keep up with you. And Rabbi Harris replied so beautifully. He said, oh, I'm very sorry. But you see, I don't speak English. I speak Scottish. And I also speak very quickly. So that was, uh, I felt really relieved because I didn't know what was coming. But at the end of it, Cherise, something extremely important happened. And if I have a moment, I'd like to tell you about it. Sure. Cherie, what happened is Rabbi Harris gave the most incredible dissertation. He explained the meaning of silence. And in a nutshell, he apologized on behalf of the Jewish community, for our silence during apartheid. But he spoke about two rabbis, Rabbi Zerah and Rabbi Shimon. And at the end of it, saying it with great respect, the learned people on the um, hearing committee did not really understand it fully. But what had happened at the end is one of the people asked Rabbi Harris what he thought of the idea from Terry Le, to Lebranche about a wealth tax. And Rabbi Harris said, and I'll always remember it, he said, look, I'm not a financial expert. I'm only a poor preacher. But I have spoken to some of our community who think it may be a good idea. But some have said it may not be a good idea uh, because we're very highly taxed anyway. But he gave his recommendation that it should happen. When it was all over, many people, crowds, crowded around Rabbi Harris. And unfortunately, they only had one question, Charisse, what about the wealth tax? They didn't, with great respect, they didn't quite understand the dissertation, which is magnificent and can be found in his book, um, his book called uh, For Heaven's Sake. And Seymour Kapelovitz, who was the uh, director of the Board of Deputies at that moment, was in New York at the time. And the New York papers only picked up on the wealth tax. So in a way, it was quite um, different. But, uh, you know, it was a great privilege to be there as part of that group. Those kinds of things are completely out of one's control. And
0: seemingly, when Jews are involved, people take also what they want to take from
1: from the hearing. we, We got the message across.
0: Marlene, you, through your involvement with the Jewish Board of Deputies, you sat on the CRL commission and you got to know a different part of South Africa that probably many South Africans don't even know exists. Do you want to share some of those experiences?
1: Well, very fortunately, the Board of Deputies and Rabbi Harris um, and my late friend Franz Auerbach um, supported a recommendation because the government asked for nominations to be held um to be uh, admitted to this new commission, uh, it was very new, and um, its motives were very different because we dealt with culture, religion, and language. And um, there were 330 applicants, and I heard from Minister Mofomadi, Sydney Mofomadi, that I'd been elected, and there were 17 people elected, and. Um, I got a call from London, from a friend who heard that I was on the board. And then the next morning, I got this incredible phone call to say that I was the deputy chairperson. Now, that was a total, total surprise. The committee had two professors on it and doctors of law and all sorts of people. But I was the deputy chair, and the chairperson was uh, Reverend um, Guma, who was an uh, an Anglican priest. And through that commission, I traveled the length and breadth of South Africa. As you say, Sharice, I never had the opportunity or... I suppose we had opportunities, but I never, ever used them during a party. So I've met the most wonderful people all over the country. And that has been especially rewarding. And then I was deputy chair for five years. And then for the next round of the next five years, I was re-elected, And I was the chair of a 21-section grouping. um, And it was... It was dealing with future, all about dealing with the future and what I could do and what we could do together, of course. And I had the opportunity of working with a most wonderful um, person called Toko Mpulwana Khaluva. And we, I'm really very grateful because she calls me her mentor, but I was, she was my mentor as well, and we have become very good friends. It's wonderful to have friends like that.
0: Marlene, there's so many more details in the book that um, we could go into, but we won't. Um, what, what, what for you? What, was it a rewarding process for you writing
1: the book? You've she, touched on a, a really difficult question. First of all, I thought about writing it for my grandchildren. Every time it comes to Wimbledon. Um, You know, I keep pinching my arms and saying, gosh, was I really there? And then the kids remind me because they've been there. Yes, I was. And then I thought, well, it's not only about my grandchildren. Maybe it's about the community as well. Because, Charisse, no matter what I did for this community and the 55 years that I've spent for the Jewish Women's Benevolent and other organizations was a privilege. No matter what I've ever done for any of these organizations, I've gained much more. And through the efforts of of being on the board, I was on the Memorial Foundation for Jewish Culture. I'm delighted you were one of our fellows. And I've been all over the world because of it. And if I think about my future, and I'll be 82 this three, I think that one of the most important things I could have done was at the Memorial Foundation, because what do we do? We train future leadership. What could be more encouraging than to know, long after I'm here, that there'll be Jewish people like you leading the future and being there for the future of Jews all over the world, all over the world. So that's why I really... I'm privileged to have been able to put this into words.
0: And you are launching the book, Marlene. You are having two, at least, launches of the book that community members are invited to.
1: Yes. The first one is going to be on Sunday afternoon, the 3rd of July. And because it's during Wimbledon, we're serving strawberries and cream. But there's another very important reason, and it's just worked out like the series. The 4th of July, which is the following day, will be the 60th anniversary of when I won the Wimbledon Plate. It's just bewildering. It's absolutely
0: wonderful.
1: And that will be at the uh, Chief Rabbi Harris Community Centre. And then I've been invited by the Holocaust Museum to have a launch there because part of my history is about the Holocaust. I have family connections and people who died in the Holocaust. So so that's another aspect um, that we'll be looking at.
0: As I said, Marlene, we didn't even touch about your German-Jewish heritage and your connection there. And there's so much. And as I said, it reads so incredibly beautifully. So I encourage everybody to get the book. Where can they, apart from the the book launches, where can they receive it?
1: Well, very fortunately, uh, Takana Books um, have accepted me and they're going to be putting it into the bookshops uh, throughout South Africa.
0: Excellent. Marlene, firstly, very happy birthday for later this week and Mazel Tov wonderful milestone. Uh, and then, two, I mean, just kolakavod for writing the book and sharing your experiences. And thank you for all that you do for our
1: community in Hector. Thank you very much, Charisse. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honour to speak to you. And can I please say when you, you, you say that it's been written so beautifully, my daughter who lives in South Africa, Uh, Lael was my first editor. And then the people who published the book called uh, Staging Post had another editor. So I've been very fortunate. It's
0: a story that that really counts, Marlene. That's that's what makes the book. But thank you very much for joining me. That was Marlene Bethlehem, and she has just written her memoir, To Serve With Love, From Serving at Wimbledon to Serving the Community. Thank you very much.